The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomsdown at your service and... Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. Coming up shortly, what would Arwen do? award-winning music of Howard Shore for Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do here on KUCI Irvine, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. You may ask, what is this program? Well, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, her community, and the preservation of Earth? its beauty, resources, and creatures. In other words, what would Arwen do? Some ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, I ask, we ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may ask? Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom. Hmm, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or in Elvish, Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias writes, In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, and the like partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form work done in the image of God and his created world. 
I believe, we believe, this elven quality exists in every person and yearns for expression through the gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. So, having the incredible privilege of hosting a public affairs program here on KUCI Irvine 88.9 FM, and being friends with an elf in beautiful Orange County, California, right here on the Middle Earth campus of UCI, when things arise that I want to think more deeply about, I like to ask my elf friend Tani Tanuviel the question, what would Arwen do? This is your hobbit friend Milo Lomesdown at your service, and with me today is my elf friend Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI elf. Good afternoon, Tani. My govanen, Milo. Here we are in mid, almost mid-November, about halfway through our adventure in seat swapping. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is Tuesday, November 9th, for the record. It is Tuesday, November 9th. And here we are. I'm so excited about this quarter of our adventure together in Adventures in UCI Broadcasting, KUCI Broadcasting, because... This is the quarter in which, finally, we have news of the Hobbit movies coming up. And as an elf and a great lover of the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, I discovered Middle-earth through the movies of The Lord of the Rings, uh, specifically with The Fellowship of the Ring, months after it originally came out. But it has been a life-changing adventure for me, over eight years now going on of my adventure of my life as an elf. And for us, over a year of our mutual adventure together, A Hobbit and an Elf. And now, finally, what many of us who have loved the movies for so long have and anticipated the making of the Hobbit movies. Now it's, it's, it's going to come true and we actually have things happening. We have so much to talk about, but first we should say hello to our friends listening. Absolutely. I would like to give a, a shout out to Chuck and Donna, who may be listening live on the internet. We are at KUCI.org. In the upper right-hand corner are a variety of links, depending on your computer system. You can listen to us live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. There is also podcasting. We upload the show to KUCITalk.org, and you can go there and scroll down to What Would Arwen Do, this program on KUCI Irvine, or you can go to the iTunes store, and in the podcasts area, if you search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, there you will find us with there the KUCI logo. There you will logo. find us, and we'd like to say a special greeting to those of our friends who are listening um, online through KUCI.org and listening through the Internet, which is a magical way, probably the modern version of the Palantiri, the seeing stones of Middle-earth. <laughs> but for those who are listening through the Internet, uh, special greetings, especially to my friends on Tork Tolkien Online, the one ring.net. Uh, dot com. And also a special hello today to Ro, who might be listening from down in Escondido, we, my shield maiden friend, who we had our anniversary this weekend of visiting the Renaissance Fair down in Felicita Park in San Diego. We'll be talking a little bit more about that later on the Elvish Adventure Report. And also a special hello to Ron and Jeanette, in case they might be listening in today. And Ron is someone who... I don't know if I've mentioned to you, Milo, that I am excited maybe to have on the show at some point. He not only plays guitar, but he imports guitars. He knows 
he just knows so much about music and very interesting tidbits. He he told me some things about corks, where cork comes from, that I was amazed about. <laughs> so a wonderful. special hello to and to any of our other friends who might be listening in locally through the radio or through the internet. Or after the fact on our podcasting. On podcasting. So we have so many things to cover today. Uh, lots of announcements of wonderful things going on and ways to encourage people to, I know the holidays are upon us and sometimes it's really a challenge to take time to do things that are important to us. Um, with just, you know, the demands of the holiday season and, and family and business and all of that. But I would really love to encourage our listeners to take time to do things that come up that you think, oh, I just don't have time to do that. This last weekend, I almost canceled going to the Renaissance Fair because of different reasons, and I wasn't sure I had time to do that. I'm so glad that I just made the time, and I went. It was a wonderful time, spending time with one of my best friends in the whole world, getting outside in nature. And nature is such a healing place, and the park was so green from all the... Uh, rain and seeing Frisian horses. So you just never know. And I met some incredible people. So you never know where your adventures might take you if you just make time for them. That's it. And we'll <laughs> be getting into that more later. But now... Movie news. I, and I have to say this weekend with being out in, in nature, I was internetless. So I have not been on the internet for a few days. So I haven't had time to scour and find out what new happenings might be going on with regard to news about the upcoming Hobbit movies, plural movies. That's right. Do you have news for us? Well, again, to remind our listeners, the Hobbit movies were greenlit by New Line Mm -hmm. and Warner Brothers and MGM and still scheduled part one, the first movie to be released December 2012. The second part, the second film, this uh, book-ended pair, is December 2013. Production has been scheduled to begin in February of 2011. That's just three months from now. And we have it confirmed that it will indeed stay in New Zealand, which is very exciting for the continuity of the of the terrain and, and all of those wonderful things, as well as just a wonderful boon for the beautiful country of New Zealand. And last week you shared with us uh, some additions to the casting. Uh, some additional dwarfs were cast. Do we have any other casting news this week? Well, we have news, but no casting news. Oh. Interestingly enough, okay. you'd think that there would be a galloping stampede. <sighs> As it's now just three months to production, uh, principal photography as we call it, and still no new announcements. We have exactly the same list on the OneRing.net and the same list on IMDB.com, except for a few craftspeople have been added. Mm. Interestingly enough, even though Howard Shore has been working on the score since early in 2008, and reconfirmed he's actively doing work in October of 2009, he is still not listed on imdb.com, the Internet Movie Database. Very, Mm. very strange. So there's no new casting news, no major craft news, but there is other news. First of all, for those of us that follow in movies, MGM, which is uh, sort of a shadow of its former greatness, Mm. but Spyglass, the Spyglass reorganization has been submitted, and so that is... A done deal. They are going to uh, this cunning plan, fronted by two veteran Hollywood players named Gary Barber and Roger Birnbaum, producers of such films as Rush Hour, G.I. Joe, Wanted, and Twenty Seven Dresses. 
they are leading the newly reorganized MGM. So the the good news is 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 that the money's there. That's it. I mean, basically... <laughs> the bottom line is the money's there. The debt reorganization has been submitted and will almost certainly be approved. The other, the other thing, of course, is that, as you said, we have confirmed that New Zealand does have the productions, so almost all the work will be done there. The Hollywood Reporter on November 8th, that's yesterday, just had a fascinating, wonderful analysis called How the Guilds Lost the Hobbit War. Because there was a little skirmish, there was a little squabble between the Actors Union in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and the producers. And basically, there was a special law, as we saw last week, passed by the country of New Zealand, the Hobbit Hobbit Law. law. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's there's HollywoodReporter.com. I urge you to go there and, and look at that. There is an interesting thing from New Zealand. The Otago Daily Times had an article, and this article is very interesting. It's called The Hobbit. Why $93 million, and was it too much? And this article was written by Sophie Gilmore of Logan Park High School. Hmm. Interesting. Year 13 of Logan Park High School in New Zealand. And what she writes about is the protest and resulting boycott of the film by the Actors' Equity Union led by Simon Whip. And and why did Prime Minister Key go along with this so-called $93 million bailout of the film production? And, of course, it's it's an interesting thing to read, and I urge our, our listeners to go to www.odt.co.nz to read this. Otago Daily Times online news. Mm-hmm. Why $93 million and was it too much? Very, very, very interesting article, but I don't want to excerpt it all. We should mention of other news, there's something happening tonight. Howard Shore is going to be in, in present when... Tonight is happening? Tonight oh, oh. Oh, to Two wow. Towers live oh, at Radio right. City Music Hall. In, this is in New York, though, right? In, in <laughs> New York City, sorry. But I wanted to mention, in, in conjunction with that, the great, the great music pr- station WQXR in New York has a fabulous program called Movies on the Radio. And in a recent edition uh, from October... Composer Howard Shore joined host David Garland to present and talk about his film music. Just a tremendous history. Howard Shore has done fabulous films. Uh, You may remember films such as Dead Ringers, The Fly, Mm -hmm. Videodrome, Scanners. These are all films by the great David Cronenberg. And then more recently, Eastern Promises. Ed Wood by Tim Burton. Just fabulous things. So before he was doing Lord of the Rings, he was really sharpening his craft on just fabulous movies. Small films like Dogma and High Fidelity, very, very big films for Scorsese. And as a matter of fact, of the things that he's working on right now, three out of the five films that Howard Shore is working on are for Martin Scorsese. Oh, really? So uh, for those of you lucky enough to be in New York City, well, it's starting at 7.30 p.m., (gasps) Manhattan time. Which means it's probably already It's 10 minutes over. from now. 10 minutes from now is when the concert starts. The full 200 people oh, right. on stage. I mean, basically a, 
like 93 wow. piece orchestra plus 100, oh two or three different choirs, soloists at Radio City Music wow. Hall. So that's a, an exciting announcement. Um, now, this may not actually be called... Which coincides, in a sense, with the uh, anniversary. Right? Of the Two Towers. The yes. Two Towers was published November 11th, 1954, by Allen and Unwin. That was four months after Fellowship of the Ring, which was published in July of 1954. But it was 11 months before people got The Return of the King in October of 1955. (laughs) Mm. So we're going to be doing some readings from that later on the program. But I did want to mention another interesting thing from the greater New York area, Mm -hmm. The Hobbit to be performed at Bernard's High School. This is Bernardsville, New Jersey. The high school cast of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit is scheduled to entertain audiences young and old on the Somerset Hills Performing Arts Center stage in the high school at 7 p.m. on Friday, November 19th and Saturday, November 20th. The high school is located at 25 Olcott Avenue in Bernersville, New Jersey. It's about one hour west of Manhattan by automobile. And if you want ticket information, you can send an email to bhsdramatickets at yahoo.com. But I think it's just very charming that there is this bubbling fount. We had just a couple months ago the great production by our friend Nate at the Fullerton Theater, Mm -hmm. the Maverick Theater, the Maverick Theater Company doing The Hobbit, and just really a beautiful rendition. So there's lots of interest. And of course we have... Uh, Anne Rivienne and the Theatre Sans Fil, who is taking um, the Lord of the Rings all around uh, with their adult-sized uh, hu- uh, puppets. Right. Uh, they're they're touring. I I love to read. Just uh, there's just a two sentences I want to read because I'm always I I get so excited when there are various um, interpretations, plays, music, poetry, art that's inspired by Middle Earth because Tolkien, in a sense, foresaw this. I believe because in this letter that was written in 1952, I won't read the whole thing, but he he says here in this one part. When he's talking about the tales, he said, I would draw some of the great tales in fullness and leave many only placed in the scheme and sketched. The cycles should be linked to a majestic whole and yet leave scope for other minds and hands wielding paint and music and drama. So even he saw that by not having everything completely explained and interpreted and discovered that he was leaving, he, he himself saw that other people might interpret through paint and music and drama. I wanted to mention very quickly also, uh, Ian McKellen, like many of the other greats from mm-hmm. the trilogy, have not yet inked contracts, apparently. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> but he has been talking about it a lot, and he appeared on November 8th at the Savannah Film Festival, reported by the net. And if this is via chud.com, mm-hmm. they were showing at the Savannah International Film Festival Gods and Monsters, his great performance there in that movie. But in the Q&A section after the film, Ian McKellen reenacts his experience filming the You Shall Not Pass scene in Fellowship of the Ring, where oh, he prevents the Balrog yes. from hurting the Fellowship. And there's a fabulous video clip. So again, go to the net. It's just Hilarious. For instance, while Sir Ian McKellen is acting, he asks Peter, what does this Balrog look like? Because it was all green screen at that time. And now Sir Peter Jackson says, I don't know yet. We haven't designed it. 
So they used a yellow tennis ball. They suspended a yellow tennis ball. <laughs> and all of that was to a yellow pen- tennis ball. That takes some imagination. Unbelievable. Because <laughs> when you see the yes. film, you feel he's oh, there. Oh, yes. You, you shrink back. Anyhow, that's enough. There's lots of stuff to talk about, but we have a, only an hour together, and it's already flying quickly. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of an adventure report. Yes, one of my favorite composers in the whole wide world, which I didn't realize that uh, he was going to be here in Orange County. And you, my hobbit friend, here I am, if elves can be pea green with envy, uh, this elf can. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen for this particular composer. Give us a hobbit adventure report on your musical adventure this past week, please. I will, right? after a little bit of Philip Glass music. Ah, so you gave away who it is. Here we are. Fabulous, amazing glass music. Uh, Elf Princess, where is that from? That is from, I believe that actually uh, originally was, is my, am I on? Okay, because I can't, could you turn up the headphones? I'm sorry, there I am. (laughs) This is, the group is Wakachi. Mm. who were, and both of us got to see the Orion concert that Philip Glass did, the Orange County Performing Arts. 2005. June 22nd. Which before was, we met each other. Before we met each other, we were both there that night. Who would have known? And that was actually the first day that I did my show, What Would Arvin Do? I left here at the theater, ran and met my friend, and uh, had not listened to any Philip Glass music because my friend said, no, you need to just go and experience it firsthand without any preconceived ideas. And Wakichi was one of the ensembles that was part of the group uh, that played uh, for the Orion concert. And Wakichi is a group from Brazil, and they are amazing. Wakichi actually is the name of a creature. It's a, based on a legend. It's a creature that runs through the forest, and this creature has holes in his body. It says right here um, on the liner notes is one of the Wakichi is one of the world's most exciting and unique musical ensembles. The modern Brazilian group has been praised for its fearless fusion of wide-ranging musical styles from classical to new age to world music. Their name is taken from an Amazon legend. Wakichi was a huge creature with holes all over his body, and whenever he ran through the forest, the wind passing through his body made wonderful and intriguing sounds. I bet this creature must surely have been in Eldamar. Perhaps still resides there, running through the forest. What we're playing here, by the way, is track two from that album called the... Japura River. Beautiful. Well, just a quick uh, note on the Seasons Project, which I saw Thursday, November 4th, at the Orange County Performing Arts Center, Renee and Henry Sagerstrom Concert Hall. It was a great concert. The first Mm -hmm. half, and by the way, this is like a 28-city tour they're doing with this new piece. The first half of 
the concert by Robert McDuffie, the violin soloist and leader, with the Venice Baroque Orchestra from Venice, right, from Italy. They did The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. And so you have spring, summer, autumn, winter. There are four separate concerti, so applause after each is in order. And we had that. Then there was an intermission. And then, in the world premiere engagement and this, this tour that they're doing, we had violin concerto number two for violin and orchestra, the American Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. And there were just 16 players in this chamber orchestra, most of them standing. The harpsichordist was sitting for the Four Seasons, after the break, they took away the harpsichord and brought out a synthesizer. Oh, wow! <laughs> and, and many of the musicians traded in their they traded in their period instruments from 250 years ago for contemporary violins oh, and cello, yes. and it was just great. I, I strongly recommend it. It's actually been recorded. Uh, Robert McDuffie has recorded this piece. Uh, Philip Glass's. Violin Concerto Number Two for Violin Orchestra. I believe it's available on Orange Crate Music. And the second movement, oh, Elf Princess, the second movement, mm. the slow, thoughtful. I, I'm convinced that it represents winter, even though Philip Glass will not tell you which movement is which season. Oh. But it is just one of the most thrilling movements. So again, I can't wait to that. Now, will you be getting a CD of that, or I will be getting a CD of that. Yay. Absolutely. We'll have to come and share that with our listeners. So, in fact, in order to get more information on this, you can, uh, the the tour is ongoing, although I believe it's almost over, but you can get more information at www.robertmcduffie.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-M-C-D-U-F-F-I-E.com. What an adventure it was. It was so great. They're not, they have no more performances at the Orange County Performing Arts Center, though, do they? It was one night yes. only, Elf Princess. Just as uh, Ryan was those many years ago. That was a one night, uh, and oh, what a night. <laughs> that, was, that was actually a life-changing night for me, uh, being introduced to Philip Glass's music. It was an elvish adventure, and really, I, I not every, not all types of music affect me that way, but discovering Philip Glass's music was uh, was right up there with uh, life-changing experiences. I call it creation music. At the, at the Orion concert, I felt like I was in the presence of creation music. I actually saw, like, the seas and the dolphins and the... Anyway, it in my great. mind's eye, it was, it was beautiful, great. yes. But it was you, like elvish music. You have an adventure report about the Renaissance Fair. I do. An elvish adventure report. This last weekend, and as we, we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and encouraged people to consider... Uh, for a fun adventure visiting the um, Renaissance Fair that is in Felicita Park. It's twice a year. They have one in the fall, one in the spring. The next one will be in spring of 2011. And I love to go. It's an anniversary for myself and my friend Ro, who I met through our mutual appreciation and love of middle all things Middle Earth. We met online through a message board. I'd never been on a message board before I became a Lord of the Rings fan. I'd never met anybody through the Internet. But we met and became fast friends and went to a Renaissance Fair to do research for our Lord of the Rings collaborative writing projects that we were doing with people. And I bought her a handful of arrows 
and a handful for me so we could uh, see what it felt like to pull a bow. My friend found her secret passion and talent, went on to win national and state championships as women's bare bow archer, and now teaches archery uh, to children and adults. And so you never know where an adventure might take you. Something as simple as going to a Renaissance Fair. So every year, as an anniversary of our friendship and our adventures, we go to the Renaissance Fair. And this weekend was amazing. The, the fair is in a wooded area. Uh, Felicita Park is all wooded. Looks very much like the Shire. And it was very green from all the... Um, uh, rain lately, and a couple of wonderful things happened. One was I met a, a charming man named Moise, who may be coming on the show before too long. He makes folk harps, and I was so excited because I want, I've been wanting to get a harp to play in my yoga classes for the live music part of the meditation part, and they have these very small folk harps. He also makes stringed psalteries, and he's right here in Lakewood in uh, Southern California, so he may be coming on the show before too long. Also, they had the Friesian horses were there, which are, Friesian horses are so amazing. You were showing me some photographs on your digital camera, you high-tech elf, and it were <laughs> beautiful images of those beautiful horses. Well, one of the horses that was there is, the, the name of the horse is King Arthur. It's a stallion, and the man who has had the horse for about 10 years, the horse is 18 years old, such an amazing horse. When its mane is braided, it comes all the way down to the ground. He has to keep it in braids. When he unbraids it, it comes down to the ground. Uh, the same with uh, the other horse that uh, uh, a girl Sandy was on. These horses are so amazing, and that's one of my favorite parts of the fair is seeing the Frisian horses, and of course, the the horse Horses are decked out. The riders are in the um, costumes of the Elizabethan period. So it's just an amazing thing to see them. Always such a treat for me. Also, my friend Ro, though, discovered a band while we were there that was playing on one of the stages while I was off, you know, enthralled in folk harp music and said, you must come and listen to this band. And she said the magic word for me, which is Celtic. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, Celtic, yes, let's go. And the name of the band is Brother. And they are so amazing, gave two performances. And it's, it's considered Celtic tribal rock. They, uh, the lead singer reminds me of when we had Bad Haggis here in our, um, Eric Riggler, who's like the most recorded bagpiper in the entire world, Braveheart, Titanic. Um, anyway, this the lead singer sings, plays electric guitar, and plays the bagpipes. The other member of the band plays the drums, the keyboard, didgeridoo, penny whistle, and just these two men gave such an amazing performance. They're in the black leather kilts, um, high energy, and they gave... Us, gave me a CD to play some of their music and share some of their music here on the air. So I'm very excited to be able to share one of their songs. They are going to be right here in Southern California Saturday, November 27th, 2010 at the Coach House, which is right here in San Juan Capistrano. Um, the doors open at 6, showtime is 8 p.m. And if you want to get more information about that, you can call the Coach House box office, which is uh, 949-496-8930. 
the band's website is brothermusic.com and we're going to play a song Milo my hobbit friend called A Thousand Ways this song reminds me of J.R.R. Tolkien's in the Book of Lost Tales there's something we haven't gone into this yet in the program called The Cottage of Lost Play and it's about the land of fairy oh and gosh. how the children of Iluvatar can get there through de- dreams and there are many ways to reach the cottage of lost play in the land of fairy and so it's amazing to me that this group uh, actually made a song called it's, A Thousand Ways It's just wonderful recorded live at the Coach House mm-hmm. in San Juan Capistrano their album was the album is Out From Under It's their new CD. The new CD and the selection, which I'm holding in my grubby little hobbit (laughs) fingers, uh, my tater-stained fingers, Brother is performing A Thousand Ways. Gosh, what great music that was. Amazing. That is uh, the group Brother. It was so, they played two different uh, times at the Renaissance Fair. It was fabulous. They're, they're on tour right now. I'm not sure when they're going back to Australia, but they will be at the Coach House Saturday, November 27th, just a couple of weeks from now in San Juan Capistrano. And uh, information, you can, tickets are on sale at the Coach House box office. Uh, you can even make dinner reservations, the number 949-496-8930. Their website is brothermusic.com, and I believe they also have something up on YouTube if you want to see these guys that are amazing. So a really fun, high energy. To me, it's just so elvish. I mean, I, I think that's why when I see, when I saw Avatar, you know, the, the I had a sense of Eldemar, you know, the connection of the right, people with right. nature and the creatures, and um, I think the elves definitely had some didgeridoos as they were on some of those journeys, <laughs> and Celtic music and penny whistles and maybe even bagpipes back, back then. But you know what? On the calendar, today is Tuesday, November ninth. And Thursday is November 11th, which is Veterans Day, and we should give a shout-out to the veterans and their hard work and good work defending us. Yes, thank you. But November 11th is also a noted day for what, Elf Princess? It is the anniversary, which, what year anniversary? This would be, since it was 1954, this would be the 56th anniversary. Of the release of the second book, in the trilogy, which we most affectionately know as the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, was 56 years ago. Elf Princess, I love to hear you read. Do you have a section oh, that you would like to read from the Two Towers? Thank you, thank you. Although I do have to say it was very hard trying to decide because there's so much wonderful... There's just so, so many wonderful things in, and I was thinking, oh gosh, maybe something about Tom Bombadil, but I wanted to read something because Tolkien loved trees, and we see this so much in um, about tree bur- beard and the trees, and so I wanted to read a little bit where Tree Beard is actually talking about himself and who he, they are, who he is, and who they are, and he's talking to Mary here, 
And um, it's, oh, let's see here. Yes. And uh, he's talking about um, the connection of, of, of ants with elves. So this gives us a little insight right. of elves. Right. and Because uh, if people remember in the, you know, Legolas mentions the trees are talking to each other and everybody else right. is like, what? So um, let's see. And then we're going to have a reading from the uh, professor, uh, which we always love to hear the professor reading his own work. And he is going to be reading for us uh, Treebeard's Song. So this again is from book three of The Lord of the Rings, published as a part of The Two Towers. We have the chapter called Treebeard. Yes. And <clears throat> so, it, um, he, again, he's talking here to uh, Pippin and Mary. And um, the hobbits were silent for some time. They felt oddly enough safe and comfortable and had a great deal to think about and wonder about. At last, Pippin ventured to speak again. Please, Treebeard, he said. Could I ask you something? Why did Celeborn warn us against your forest? He told us not to risk getting tangled in it. Hmm, did he now, rumbled Treebeard, and I might have said much the same if you had been going the other way. Do not risk getting entangled in the woods of Laurel and Doran. Doranen. <laughs> that is what the elves used to call it, but now they make the name shorter. Lothlorien, they call it. Perhaps they are right. Maybe it is fading, not growing. Land of the Valley of Singing Gold. That was it, once upon a time. Now it is the dream flower. Ah, well. But it is a queer place, and not just for anyone to venture in. I am surprised that you ever got out, but more surprised that you ever got in. And that has not happened to strangers for many a year. It is a queer land. And actually, I'm going to go down a little bit here. It goes further on and talks about... Um, just to jump over to another part in the conversation, it says, most of the trees, he's talking about the forest, most of the trees are just trees, of course, but many are half awake. Some are quite wide awake, and a few are, well, uh, well, getting intish. <laughs> that is going on all the time. When that happens to a tree, you find that some have bad hearts. Nothing to do with their wood, I do not mean that. Why, I knew some good old willows down the entwash, gone long ago, alas. They were quite hollow, indeed, they were falling all to pieces, but as quiet and sweet-spoken as a young leaf. And then there were some trees in the valleys and the mountains, sound as a bell and bad right through. That sort of thing seems to spread. There used to be some very dangerous parts in this country. There are still some very black patches. Like the old forest away to the north, do you mean, asked Mary? Aye, aye, something like, but much worse. I do not doubt there is some shadow of the great darkness lying there, still away north, and bad memories are handed down. But there are hollow dales in this land where the darkness has never been lifted, and the trees are older than I am. Still, we do what we can. We keep off strangers and the foolhardy, and we train and we teach, we walk and we we weed. We are tree-herds. Tree-herds, we old ints. Few enough are left now. Sheep get like shepherd, and shepherds like sheep, it is said, but slowly, and neither have long in the world. It is quicker and closer with trees and ants, and they walk down the ages together. 
For imps are more like elves, less interested in themselves than men are, and better at getting inside other things. And yet again, imps are more like men, more changeable than elves are, and quicker at making the color of the outside, you might say. Or better than both, for they are steadier and keep their minds on things longer. Some of my kin look just like trees now and need something great to rouse them, and they speak only in, whis- in whispers. But some of my trees are limb-lithe, and many can talk to me. Elves began it, of course, waking trees up and teaching them to speak and learning their tree talk. They always wished to talk to everything the old elves did. But then the great darkness came, and they passed away over the sea or fled into far valleys and hid themselves. "'and made songs about days that would never come again, never again. "'Ay, ay, there was all one wood once upon a time, "'from here to the mountains of Loon, and this was just the east end. "'Those were the broad days. "'Time was when I could walk and sing all day "'and hear no more than the echo of my own voice in the hollow hills. "'The woods were like the woods of Lothlorien, "'only thicker, stronger, younger. "'And the smell of the air, I used to spend a week just breathing.'" Treebeard fell silent, striding along, and yet making hardly a sound with his great feet. Then he began to hum again, and passed into a murmuring chant. Gradually the hobbits became aware that he was chanting to them. In the willow meads of the Sarina, I walked in the spring. Ah, the sight and the smell of the spring in Nanda Sarion. And I said that was good. I wandered in the summer in the elm woods of Ossirianda. Ah, the light and the music in the summer by the seven rivers of Ossir. And I thought that was best. To the beaches of Neldoreth I came in the autumn. Ah, the gold and the red and the sighing of leaves in the autumn in Taurna Neldor. It was more than my desire. To the pine trees of the highland of Dothani and I climbed in the winter. Ah, the wind and the whiteness and the black branches of winter of an Orofuin. My voice went up and sang in the sky. And now all those lands lie under the wave, and I walk in Ambarona, in Tower, in Morna, in Aldalom, in my own land, in the country of Fangor, and where the roots are long, and the years lie thicker than the leaves in Tower, in Morna, Lome. Oh my gosh, he is so a master, I hesitate to read. That but I was, must read. Yes, and that was J.R.R. Tolkien reading an excerpt from the Treebird chapter of The Two Towers. And now, dear Hobbit friend, please share with us a sh- one of your favorite passages from The Two Towers. There are so many, and yes. sometimes I think Frodo and Sam were also two towers. They were two towers of strength. Mm. From the last chapter of Book 4, The Choices of Master Samwise, mm. they are in Shelob's lair. Oh, my. And this is about Shilab and her attack on Sam, his response, and then the strength from the elves. Now splaying her legs, Shilab drove her huge bulk down on him again, too soon, for Sam still stood upon his feet, and dropping his own sword, with both hands he held the elven blade point upwards, fending off that ghastly roof. And so Shulab, with the driving force of her own cruel will, with strength greater than any warrior's hand, thrust herself upon a bitter spike. Deep, deep it pricked, as Sam was crushed slowly to the ground. Hmm. 
As Sam himself crouched, looking at her, seeing his death in her eyes, a thought came to him, as if some remote voice had spoken, and he fumbled in his breast with his left hand and found what he sought. Cold and hard and solid it seemed to his touch, in a phantom world of horror, the file of Galadriel. "'Galadriel!' he said faintly, and then he heard voices far off but clear, the crying of the elves as they walked under the stars in the beloved shadows of the Shire, and the music of the elves as it came through his sleep in the Hall of Fire in the house of Elrond, Gilfoniel a Elbereth. And then his tongue, Sam's tongue, was loosed, and his voice cried in a language which he did not know, Ah, Elbereth Gilthoniel, O Menel Palandiriel, Lenalansi de Nolathos, Atiranin Fanuilos. And with that he staggered to his feet and was Samwise the Hobbit, Hamfast's son again. Now come, you filth, he cried. You've hurt my master, you brute, and you'll pay for it. We're going on, but we'll settle with you first. Come on and taste it again. As if his indomitable spirit had set its potency in motion, the glass blazed suddenly like a white torch in his hand. It flamed like a star that, leaping from the firmament, sears the dark air with intolerable light. No such terror out of heaven had ever, ever burned in Shilab's face before. The beams of it entered into her wounded head and scored it with unbearable pain, and the dreadful infection of light spread from eye to eye. She fell back, beating the air with her forelegs, her sight blasted by inner lightnings, her mind in agony. Then, turning her maimed head away, she rolled aside and began to crawl, claw by claw, towards the opening in the dark cliff behind. <sighs> Shelob was gone, and whether she lay long in her lair, nursing her malice and her misery, and in slow years of darkness healed herself from within, rebuilding her clustered eyes, until with hunger like death she spun once more her dreadful snares in the glens of mountains of shadow. This tale does not tell. Oh, gosh. My gosh, my <laughs> gosh. And there is Samwise <clears throat> crying out for help in Elvish, in a language he does not know. Well, we should encourage people in our brief brief moments left ah. together, Elf Princess, to go and have an adventure. And there is a fabulous event, adventure coming up Saturday, December 4th. Oh, absolutely. Which we should mention. We should. It's uh, an event right here at UC Irvine. And it's in partnership with the Center for Living Peace, which is right across the street here in the um, University Center, and where they have wonderful things going on over there. And who is going to be here December 4th? Academy Award-winning actress and United Nations Messenger of Peace, Charlize Theron. Oh. Beautiful and extremely talented. Yes. An extremely good person. And she is going to be speaking on peace and what's going on over in Africa, the AIDS uh, challenge that is going on there, especially with the children. And the tickets are, I noticed up on the board out here at UCI, that tickets are now available. And the tickets are really, uh, we don't mention prices here at KUCI. They are free for UCI students, UCI faculty, ah, and UCI staff. We can say that. That's amazing. I do not know. That's wonderful. And for everyone else, it's less than the cost of a ticket to the movies. So This is today.uci.edu slash news if you want more details. And you can also go to goodhappens.org which is the website for the Center for Living Peace here in Irvine. And we're hoping uh, to uh, possibly even next week 
um, have an interview with either Faraday Rudy or Kelly Smith from the Center of Living Peace. I've been in dialogue with them, and I just have yet to finalize when we're going to be having them come on. But it would be wonderful to talk to them because there are two more speakers in that speaker series. Uh, could you mention who the second person is that is going to be coming? Sir Richard Branson, the yes. fabulous entrepreneurial force behind space exploration and commercial space space flight, Mm -hmm. the Virgin Atlantic Airlines, the Virgin Mega Music Mega Stores, so many wonderful inventions he has sponsored, and he will be appearing again here at UCI at the Student Center on uh, Tuesday, January 25th. It's an evening event, but they don't yet have a time there, so I would encourage you to go to today.uci.edu and click on the... uh, the headlines in the news to see more details about Sir Richard Branson. And then, coming up in May of 2011, the Dalai Lama will be right here on the campus of UC Irvine. So there will be more information about that. Uh, that's coming up May, Wednesday, May 4th at 2 p.m. Right. And again, there's information about that on the website. So, But in the near term, Charlie's Theron, Saturday, yes. December 4th, is not that far away. And people should contact Faraday Rudy, the executive director of the Center for Living Peace, at 949-854-5500 about that VIP event benefit the Charlie's Theron Africa Outreach Project. And how appropriate that this is happening during this the time of the year when we are celebrating the desire for world peace. Absolutely. For peace on earth. Peace on earth. We are goodwill, sort of... Goodwill toward men We have <laughs> started celebrating Christmas very, very early, Elf Princess. We should first focus on Thanksgiving and have an adventure Absolutely. at Thanksgiving. I had an adventure last year that I expect to repeat this year. I avoided all turkey mm-hmm. entirely, and I still was stuffed to the gills with a lot of good food. And if people are interested, they can always check out adoptaturkey.org as perhaps tra- starting a new tradition for their holiday, th- Thanksgiving holiday, and things to be thankful for. I bet the turkeys might be a little thankful. <laughs> I guess they would. Well, Elf Princess, I noticed by the horrible clock on the wall that our time today is at an end already. Time, time. It's wonderful. I would like to just uh, encourage our listeners um, to listen to KCI, Lasto Beth KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, Tolo del Nangalat. Listen to KCI and come back to the light. It's been great again this week being with you, Elf Princess. This is Milo Lomsdown, the Hobbit at your service. And Tani Tanuvialtro, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Wishing you a very, very good week and... 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 Salalane. How do you say that? Oh, Alin Salalomen Amentielvo. A star shines on the hour of our meeting. My friend. My friend. Until we next will. week, we'll be back. Every We are here every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m., KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine, and KUCI.org. If you'd like to contact us, please send us a little uh, electronic message via the Internet at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, at yahoo.com. See you next week. Namaria.
Se mueve mi gente. 